well, now we're close to the end of a series called Starting Point. Uh, it's a series by Andy Stanley, and I'd actually encourage you to listen to his version of it. It's different than what we're sharing, but there's some great, great stuff there. It's uh, startingpointseries.com. You can find it uh, there. But we, the, the whole premise for the whole series has been this question. What, where would we start if we were deciding to choose uh, or think about faith, this idea of belief in God, as adults? For most of us, our faith had a starting point as kids. Somewhere along the line, someone told us, hey, this is what you're supposed to believe. You know, maybe it was your Sunday school teacher, your parents, and we're like, okay, yeah, I'll believe that. And then as you got older, things didn't always measure up or, or um, um, line up. And then you're like, I, I don't know if, that, if, that's, you know if that's really what I believe anymore. And so we've, we've been talking about that. Today, today does not stand on its own. If you've missed some of the first ones, you, it, it would be a good idea to, to take a look at either our version or Andy Stanley's version of it to kind of build the whole premise for it. Because we've just been saying, hey, what are some of the questions you need to ask yourself as adults? Because a lot of times what we've learned in Sunday school is in Sunday school we say, hey, this is what you should believe. And the kids are like, yeah, we believe that. And then, you know, we never grow up. It becomes like Sunday mornings where, hey, we say, hey, this is what you should believe. And you're like, okay, I'll believe that. But not all of you. That's which is good. Uh, and that's, the, that's what I want to encourage you with this morning as adults. So I need to put a disclaimer on this particular message this morning. is to start by saying this. This, this morning, is not a good sermon. It's not going to be. I'm just, I'm just letting you know right now. It's not three points. They don't all rhyme. It doesn't have Bible verses supporting all of the points. And some of you are thinking, what? what? It's already? Oh, man. Why did I come today? Why did I invite my friends today? I want to I challenge you. If you have your Bibles, just set them aside for a minute. Um, for those of you who are like, um, um, uh, come here and, and this is your, or your first time, you're like, what? They don't believe in the Bible? We do. This is probably one of the only times where I'm going to say that. Uh, but we're going to look at some things this morning that I want to challenge you on this thought that we've been talking around for this whole seven weeks, but now I just want to deal with one word directly that, that's been a part of it. We just haven't talked about directly, and it's this word faith. We've been talking a lot about the starting point of faith, and faith is probably, do we have a slide for that? Thanks. Faith is probably the most confusing, um, misused, and uh, abused concept in religion of all sorts. See, this word faith, we talk about it, and like, you know, you hear somebody say, you know, you just gotta have faith, man. You gotta believe. And like, you look at them, you're like, man, are you constipated? Or what's with the face, you know? Like, it's like when you use that word in, in church, it's got this whole other connotation to it. But it's just, faith is just faith. Belief is just belief. They're not actually religious words. You know, of course, when you hear the word faith, you expect to see a cross and a, and a Bible scripture. So this morning, you know, as, as we talk about the definition of faith, many of you would think if you've been in church before, well, Hebrews 11, that's what faith is. That's the description of faith. But if you go and you look, um, at the Bible, you'll see this definition of faith. But if you look in the, in the dictionaries, in the Greek dictionaries, or even just your English dictionary, which you probably would understand more than the Greek one, as you look in there, you'll find there's eight definitions for this word faith. Eight definitions. Of those eight, only three of them do have anything to do with religion. The other ones are just, they're just normal words. We use them in, a, in, in our regular life. We just don't realize that we do. And we think about them. And then they become mysterious and spooky and, and uh, a little bit strange sometimes when we talk about them in Christian or in, in church or in religious context. So this morning, um, we want to look at the broader sense of what faith is. Not just what the, what the Bible thing is. We're going to come back around to that at the end. So don't worry about that if you're, uh, if you're, if you're a little worried. So um, faith the, the definition of it is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Complete confidence or trust in someone or something. Uh, it, the word faith can be used as uh, belief or the word trust. They're, they're synonyms of the same word. This complete 
confidence. And so we want to talk about that because the definition of faith is faith is a noun. For, let's go back to school. Who can tell me what a noun is? A noun is a person, place, thing, or idea. You're right. They added that. I didn't know that idea thing. It wasn't when I was in grade one. But, you know, the thing with, with um, faith that's kind of an issue is that it is a person. Uh, many of you have seen her before, Faith Hill. So uh, we're not talking about her this morning. It's also a place. I don't know if you knew that, but faith is also found in South Dakota. Uh, and uh, maybe you didn't know that. But we're not talking about those kind of faith, even though they're out there. We want to talk about the idea of the ability or the idea, the, um, the, the concept of faith. Faith's not religious. It's not. You express faith and belief. We're going to use those words interchangeably today. But you, you express them every single day, and you don't even realize it. How many of you would say that you're a mighty man or, or woman of faith? couple some were here last night. They're like, yeah, that's me. Most of you looked around like, nah, no, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't call myself a mighty man or woman of faith. But let me just take you through your morning. This morning you got in the shower. Most of you did. For some sitting by yourselves, I'm not sure what happened. But, you know, you, you got in the shower and you, um, you thought, you believed that by getting in the shower, you would be better off on the other end of the shower. You didn't believe that it was going to, you know, destroy you. You, you, thought, you, you believed it would be um, better on the other end. We're thankful for that. But um, this morning you... Um, you also had, many of you had breakfast, and you believed that by eating breakfast, you would feel better or be strengthened. You didn't think by eating breakfast, it would end your life or anything like that. But you also didn't analyze every Cheerio to make sure it didn't have some kind of foreign ingredient. You just, you just trusted and you ate it right out the box. You know, for those of you this morning, as I can see that all of you, you chose and to wear clothes this morning, which we appreciate because you believed that you looked better in whatever you decided to put on this morning than you did in whatever you were wearing last night. You know, your PJs or whatever. You think, you know, what you're wearing now, you believe that you look better. And some of you, you had to check with your spouse. Do I match? You know, does this, do I look better? But you believe that and you, and you came today and you probably came in a vehicle that you believed was going to get you here because when you got in it, you weren't planning to break down on the side of the road. Uh, and maybe you're listening to this today and that was you, but, but everyone else, you made it. You got here. And you know, I probably probably can be can, um, pretty, pretty sure that about 100% of you did not open the hood this morning to look underneath to see if your serpentine belt had any cracks. You didn't check every brake pad on every wheel, and you didn't, you know, fill up the halogen fluid on your headlights before you came here this morning. You just believed that it was all going to work. If you've been billed for that, sorry. So, coffee. You had coffee probably this morning in our cafe. You just trusted that the Kingsway water would not result in pregnancy and that, uh, you know, maybe some of you did drink it for that reason, but you, you just trusted that it wasn't contaminated and you, some of you are drinking it right now. Um, and, and you just trusted. You came in here and found a chair and you, you saw the chair. I watched you. None of you did this this morning. Yeah, four legs, right? Oh yeah, it feels sturdy. Just in case. Right, all right. You didn't do that. You just came in and flopped yourself down because you believed that you would feel more comfortable sitting down than you were standing, and you just had this complete trust and confidence that that chair would hold you. And um, all of that, all of that was simple expression or, or you know, uh, exhibiting of faith. And you're like, what? So you guys all are mighty men and women of faith. You just didn't even realize it. Why? Because we get faith and we got this thing of, we think faith is something um, different, spooky out there. So this morning we wanted to ask this question. What is faith or belief and how does it work in the context of religion? Because we've been talking about this whole idea of, um, of, of a starting point for faith. So what is it? 
So we're going to look at a few things this morning, but I, I want you to just kind of turn off the religious part of faith because we want to talk about that, but in the whole sense uh, of the word. And so uh, we have a few general observations this morning about just faith or belief in general. So some of the general observations about faith is this. One is the ability to believe is the most powerful force at mankind's disposal. The ability to believe or have faith, it's the, the most powerful force at mankind's disposal. It's an ability. It's something that we have that not everything has. You know, it doesn't matter how many studies are done, we have found that cats do not have this ability to believe. They don't. Unfortunately, dogs don't either. It's only humans that have this ability to believe, to, to, to um, have foresight, to think ahead, to dream. Uh, everything that humans have accomplished is because someone believed it could be done or that it should be done. That's why it's happened. Uh, you see it in the Bible in Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel. God said, go out into all the world. And they're like, no, we're going to build a tower all the way to heaven. And it says that God said about these people that he says, you know what? Because they believe it can be done, they're going to do it. And he says, we got to change this. So let's screw up their languages so they decide to leave and go where, we, where, where I intended for them to go. Because if they believe they can do it, Jesus said it. You remember the thing where he says that if you have, if you have faith, if you have belief, if you have trust the size of a what? Right on, mustard seed, tiny. You can what? Say to this mountain, be removed and jump into the sea. And you're thinking, man, I don't know if you meant that. We haven't seen any mountains like moved and thrown into the sea. But I want to challenge you with this thought. Do you realize that in our day and age, we've seen some mountains that have been moved just because someone believed? Think about this for a second. Maybe you don't know who this guy is right here, but it's Louis Pasteur moving medical mountains. Do you realize that before him, if you got rabies, it was a death sentence? That's a pretty big mountain. Whereas Louis Pasteur believed that 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 shouldn't be the case and that something could be done about it and discovered the vaccine for rabies. And because of that, that mountain's been moved and something is uh, different as a result of him simply believing that it could or should be different. Racial mountains have been moved. William Wilberforce, he was one who believed that slavery should not be any longer in uh, the British Empire. And because of his work, it no longer is. Why? One man simply believed. Education, you know, you maybe have heard of Malala Yousafzai. She is... Um, 18 years old, shot by the Taliban for standing up for something. She believed that women in her country should be allowed to be educated and just about gave her life for that. But because of that and because of her story, it's become an international movement for this women's rights and for this um, idea that women can be educated. Why? Because one young girl simply believed that it should be that way. Because belief is incredibly powerful. They just believe that someone or something needed to be, to be done about it. See, belief, it's behind every good thing that we've done as humans. And belief is behind every bad thing we've done as well. It's belief that drives world events. And you know what's really crazy? It's only done with words. Speeches. People just saying things. Saying, this is what I think and this is what I believe. And it causes others um, to join in and be a part of it. We've got an upcoming election here in our country in a couple, in a couple months. And you hear on the radio right now, the, the, the leader saying, hey, this is what I believe would be good for Canada. You know, uh, Stephen versus Justin, right? This, this idea of what's going to be better and speaking about what they believe. Do you realize that it's happened in positive ways and negative ways? Hitler, think about this for a second. Hitler dragged the whole world into war simply by talking. 
He just simply felt like, you know, living in Germany, things the way they were in Germany weren't all that great. And he's like, listen, it, can, it could be different. And he began to have these speeches and people bought in and they believed and, and they got together. And pretty soon, other countries around the world now had to decide, what do we believe about this guy Hitler? And brought the whole world into war simply by talking. See, belief is so powerful is because when we believe that something can be done, we won't stop until we find a way for it to be done. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Belief can expand our possibilities, but it can limit us as well. Belief is that, that powerful. Many of you know the little, the little engine that could, you know, the story that you read to your kids, uh, or maybe, you know, you remember it as a child. It's that old. What does that little engine say? I, I think I can. I think I can. That little engine's not supposed to pull that train over that, over that mountain, but, but it's that same idea of I think I can. I think I can. And for many of you this morning, you might be, people who are, are living examples of that. Everything was against you. You know, you, with the way your family was, the way things happened in your life, you should not be a successful adult. And yet you were like, you know what? You believe something more about yourself. You believe that there was something possible and you can. Um, optimists, you know, it's, it's, it's known that optimists uh, make much better salesmen than smart, bright, non-optimistic people. If you ever want to hire somebody for sales, hire an optimist. Why? Because they believe. Even if they're not smart enough, they're not smart enough to know that it can't be done and they're going to find a way to make it happen. Belief goes both ways. We were in Curacao traveling on a mission trip in beautiful island, beautiful beaches. We went there and we took our team to the beach one day and we brought along some of the local people with us. And there was one girl, she was in her teens. She, had, um, she came to the beach, but she wouldn't go in the water. And so we asked her, why do you come swimming with us? And she's like, I got to call my mom. And we're like, you're 18. She's like, no, I've got to call my mom. So she calls her mom and asks her, am I allowed to go in the water? And her mom says, no. You can go up to your knees or up to your waist or whatever, but that's it. You may not swim because somebody drowned once. And so she lives on a tropical island surrounded by some of the most beautiful beaches and for 18 years had never swam. Why? Because it's the power of belief. The power of belief is incredibly, incredibly powerful. We could talk about that all day, but we're not going to. Just a simple general observation about belief, faith. Number two, we constantly look for evidence to support what we believe to be true. We do it. We accept thoughts and ideas that affirm our belief. We filter out thoughts and ideas that oppose our belief. And, and you know, we find this is particularly true for liberals. Um, this is one of those things that, uh, I'm just kidding, it's also particularly true for conservatives, for NDP, for everyone. Uh, it's, some of you are like, oh boy. Uh, it's, it's, this, it's this thought, this concept that we all do. It's uh, what makes belief extremely powerful, but it's also what makes belief extremely dangerous. And here's what it is. Once we believe something, we search for things that line up with what we believe to be true. We look for them everywhere, radio stations, you know, articles, we'll find it. And then the second side is we filter out all the stuff that, that, that challenges what we believe. And we think, you know, we, we don't really want that. So, you know, we'll read articles, we'll like Facebook that posts. We'll listen to certain radio station because that talks about what we, you know, we agree with and believe. And then you hear the other side like, ah, those guys, they don't know what they're talking about. You know, this is what it is. And as soon as you embrace any belief system about anything, you'll begin to do this. Diet, for instance. You know, organic. Everything's organic. Organic's the only way. Maybe it's vegan for you. You know, with coffee, for instance, it's very interesting. There are studies that have been done that have said coffee is incredibly beneficial for you. There's all kinds of health benefits to drinking coffee. Then on the other side, same other studies have been done. Coffee is terrible for you. It's almost like a poison. And you're like, what? You know, and, and so you sit here in the middle like, which study am I going to believe? 
It just depends on whether you like coffee. You like coffee, you're going to read all the studies about it's good for me. You know, there's antioxidants that helps and whatever this. If you don't like coffee or don't drink it, you're like, yeah, you know what, coffee's bad for you. It keeps you up. It's all the caffeine and, you know, you'll be hard on all the people who drink coffee. Why? Because you're just going to filter out and find what you believe. You know, it's about everything. Medical. To vaccinate or not to vaccinate. We have seen war in our country over this. Why? It's just finding out, well, this is what I found in these articles, and this is what I found in these articles, and this is what we'll believe, and we'll filter out the opposite. Education, to homeschool or to public school. You know, we'll find out whatever we think it fits our, our agenda. Um, energy producing, windmills, all about, the, no windmills. Solar panels, no solar panels. You know, nuclear, no nuclear, right? It's like, let's just go off the grid, right? Whatever it is, we'll We'll find, and we'll find it, you know. These guys are like, windmills are awesome. Windmills kill eagles, right? So it's, it's whatever it is. It's, it's, we'll find stuff, and we'll filter it all the way through. Business, parenting, marriage, religion, all of them. We do it for all of them. We're all guilty of it, and it's not guilty in a bad way. It's just the way that belief works. So when we talk about belief and what it's all about, this is what it is, because we all do it. There's a story of hummingbirds and, and vultures that live in the exact same desert, The vultures feed on dead animals that they fly over and find, and that's what they go down and eat. And there's hummingbirds that fly over the same desert, and they're looking for these little um, flowers that grow on on the cactuses, and that's where they fly down to eat as well. And every single day, vultures will fly over those little flowers until they find that meat. And those little hummingbirds will fly over dead animals until they find that flower. And you realize both of these things find the food that they desire only because that's what they're looking for. And it's the same for us. Just with belief, we're going to find what you're looking for no matter what it is. So number three, belief's easy to maintain. This powerful thing called belief, it's easy to maintain within a community of shared beliefs. Sorry, I'll remove that for you. Um, It's easy to find within a community of shared belief. You get a group of people together who believe the same thing. Isn't it interesting how that works? That it's like, you know, if you're like, you're in that group and you believe something and then all of a sudden you kind of have some different thoughts about it. Well, you know, I, I don't know if I believe all that to be true. And all of a sudden 12 of your friends get around you like, wait a second, no, this is what we believe and here's why. You know, windmills are this and windmills are this. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, that's right. I do love windmills again, whatever it might be. It's easier to maintain it when there's shared belief. It's like the story of the, the, uh, the, the study of the of these guys who put five gorillas in a cage. They put a ladder in the center and they had a, some bananas hanging at the top. And every time one gorilla would climb up to the ladder, they would spray all the gorillas with cold water. And so pretty soon, if any gorilla tried to go for the bananas, the rest of the gorillas would just attack that one because they didn't want to get sprayed anymore. So then they took one of those gorillas out after they had got them to this, this spot and put a new one in. And that new gorilla would start to climb up. And what happened? All those other four gorillas grabbed that gorilla, dragged him down. Nobody gets the bananas, right? And, and, and the, the gorilla doesn't even know what's going on, tries to climb again. They all attack him. They don't want to get sprayed with water. So then they replace another gorilla. And so now there's, there's three that have been sprayed, one that hasn't, and that new gorilla starts to climb the ladder. And what happens? The three gorillas and the other one attack him violently and drag him down. Nobody gets the bananas, right? And they make sure that he learns. Well, they replace all of the gorillas, and pretty soon the new gorilla, none of the gorillas in the cage have been sprayed with water. They all, you know, still will attack whoever it is. And then every gorilla sits there with the bananas at the top thinking nobody gets the bananas because that's just the way it's always been done. And there's this thought, you know, it's like, it's, it's just because, you know, if somebody believes something, well, the community can easily bring that change and it's easy to maintain. Nobody gets the bananas because of the community of belief. It's not always negative. 
Support groups thrive on this principle. When someone's in a support group and you know it, when they feel like they're like, oh man, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose control, I'm going to go off, they got people that they can call and who tell them, no buddy, this is what we believe about you. You can do it. And they're like, okay, yes, I can do it. I'm good again. It's interesting. In other countries, if you've traveled the world, you'll find that this is true, that, that, in, that in places like Guatemala, you know, you go there and we go there and we, it's like, it's crazy there. We go there and we're like, man, you guys are so backwards. We've got to send money three weeks in advance so that maybe you guys will have the paint waiting there for us when we get there. And, and then usually we get there and like, oh yeah, that's right. We were going to paint this week. All right, well, I know you travel a long way, but we can't get the paint till Thursday. And, and you're like, how do you guys survive? You're like, this is crazy. And we're going to try and fix them and make them better. Why? Because in Canada, we're right. And the world should live like us. And we're going to help them, encourage them to be better Canadians in Guatemala and, uh, and more efficient. And they sit there and they're like, buddy, chill. You Canadians are nutcases. You're like, bzz, 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 bzz. get everything done today. Oh, I'm so tired. Time to relax. You know, wake up, do it all again the next day. Like, just relax, buddy. Life is just so much more fun. Who cares if it gets painted till Thursday? And you're just like, oh, until you move there. And then you live there. And then you realize, wow, you know, this ain't so bad. Those Canadians don't know, right? Like, uh, I used to be a Canadian, but now I'm a Gualamadian, right? Whatever it is, I, I like this way of living. And why? Because the community of, of shared belief, you'll live like, um, like they would. And you know why? You'd probably act the same way. And this is the reason why there's so many religions, so many denominations even in Christianity, so many divisions even within a local church body is this thought right there, that this powerful thing called belief um, that gives you this, this, these abilities, this ability to, to do incredible things tries to be maintained within a community of shared belief. So what about religious belief? If that's just belief in general, what about religious belief Here's a thought. Religious belief is simply belief. Still just simply belief applied to things of religious nature. And for some of you who are Christians, followers of Christ, you're going to be like, I disagree with you. Um, I know the whole thing about Christians. I am one of them. Uh, and the, 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 the idea here is that the reason that religious belief is powerful is not because of religion. It's because of belief. See, religious belief will cause one group of people to go and, pl- and build hospitals in foreign countries and to go out and do, do great things for, for those less fortunate. But you realize that religious belief, same thing, will cause others, and we see it on the news all the time, to go out and slaughter people. Why? Is it because it's religion that's powerful? Or is it simply that belief is powerful? I want, to, I want you to think about this this morning. We're not talking, we're talking to adults. It's not Sunday school. Relief, I mean, relief, belief, religious belief hinges on this thought, these two words believe that. That's what it hinges on. I believe that God answers prayer. I believe that this is true. Will you get enough people together believing anything their religion? Just simply out of that. Think about this. The Muslim faith, they just, they believe that the angel Gabriel spoke to Muhammad in a cave and enough of them believed that and now we have a, a, a world religion because of people who believe that that happened. The Jewish people believe that God promised and made promises to Abraham. And now as we go around that, we look at, uh, at this whole um, uh, religion of, of um, the, the Jewish people all because they have a shared belief in that. The Mormons believe that the angel Moroni gave Joseph Smith these revelations and he wrote the Book of Mormon and they believe that. ISIS believed that, that the world would be better off with Sharia law in every country. And because of that, 
They've created a, a, a religion, Christianity. You know, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that he died on a cross. We believe that thing. You get enough people together to believe it. You know, you get a religion. And this is the crazy thought. If you believe anything deeply enough, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe anything enough, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you'll find what you're looking for. And here's, here's kind of things that are crazy. If you're like, if you know of the Hindus and Buddhists, or more, probably more um, familiar with a word called karma, you know, what's karma? Karma is like if you do something bad, something bad's going to happen to you. You're going to get your comings, right? And all of you know people where you're like, oh yeah, that happened to him. Pfft, that's karma, right? <laughs> it's that thought, right? He totally deserved it. And then other times you like, so if you're looking for it, you'll find it. But then there's other times you're like, yeah, I kind of believe in karma. But then I've done good things and it hasn't happened to me. And you're like, ugh, you know, maybe it doesn't work. Atheism, you know, if, if, if it's what you believe, you're going to find questions. You're going to find some questions that seem to prove the non-existence of God. And what, you'll make excuses for the ones that seem to prove otherwise. It, it happens in our Christian faith too. The prosperity message, you know, where if you give to God, he's going to give to you. He's going to bless you, shaken down, poured over. And you're like, yeah, I believe that. And you, you find people who gave and God blessed them with a check in the mail. And you're like, wow, that's awesome. And then for the ones who didn't, you know, they gave and they gave and they gave and they're dirt poor. Oh, something must be wrong with you. You probably don't have enough faith. Healing. We believe that God heals. He heals everyone. So we're going to pray and we're going to find scripture verses and we'll find people that we prayed for and they got healed. And then it's like, you know what? We'll make excuses for the ones who don't. Didn't get healed. Oh, that doesn't fit with what I believe. You must not have enough faith. Or you got sin in your life. Well, that's all of us. Right? Like, but there's these thoughts prophecy, you know. I feel like these verses direct my life. I heard the voice of God, and it's like, this is forever. And then we like, things we'll, we'll filter out. We'll find things. The Bible says in, in 2 Timothy chapter uh, 4, he says, you know, we begin to heap up teachers that will tell us what we want to hear. Why? Because it strengthens our belief. It strengthens what we simply believe, and we'll filter out the rest. So if all of this is true, and it is, what are some possible responses to that? Let me give you a few. Some of the responses that you could have is this. Number one, well, I guess that faith and religious belief, I guess it's all some big Jedi mind trick, you know? It's like, you will move now, right? If, if everybody says something long enough, well, then I guess that's all it is. And um, really, I guess religion is just a bunch of people who are scared to die and they need to try and find some answers. So eh, I guess that's all it is. Second option is this, you know, just pick any religion and go for it. Why? Why join a religion? Because t generally people who are part of religion or believe something, have some belief, they generally live longer, they're generally happier, they generally have better relationships. And you're like, well, what if, what if it's not true or not? It doesn't matter if it's true, because if you believe it long enough, it'll be true for you. Number three is this, don't stop believing. Anybody know the song, Journey? Don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling, right? It's that thought of, you know what? I don't know if it's really true, but it's what I learned in Sunday school. So oh, I just don't want to stop believing. I don't want to, I don't want to see anything else. I just want to try and keep, because I don't want to stop believing. It's like religion is like that. It's like, I'm right, you're wrong. La, 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 I don't want to hear you guys, right? It's like that. That's, that's this idea. And some of you are thinking, Mark, why the heck did you talk about a message like this? I've told you at the beginning, it's not going to be a good sermon. I promise you. I brought you to this for this reason alone, because if all that's true, you've got to ask yourself this question this morning. Why are we here? Why are we here? Why did you get up early on Sunday? Your friends ask you the same thing. 
What the heck do you guys do on Sunday mornings? What a waste of a weekend. You went to church. That's just ridiculous to them. The questions this morning are because of this. And I want to just use the last couple minutes this morning to answer it this way. If all of the above is true, if all of what we have said is true, then why? Why am I a Jesus follower? And why would I encourage you to be a Jesus follower if it just could be something like this? It's just possibly that it's just this belief that, you know, maybe is true and maybe it's not. I want you to think about this. An atheist once told me this. He said, Mark, you're only a Christian because you were born in North America. You're only a Christian because your parents told you about it. And if you'd been born in, in uh, the Middle East, you'd probably be Muslim. If you were born in India, you'd probably be Hindu. And that's all it is. It's just locations, just where you are. If you're here this morning, it's probably just because you were born in Canada that you are, call yourself Christian. But it, you know, it's not true. It's not why I believe in Jesus um, today as an adult. There's multiple reasons. But one I want to share with you this morning is this. It's this thought. And I want to encourage you to wrestle with this. So if you've checked out, check back in for a second right here. And this is it. When Jesus died, when Jesus died, those who were closest to him, they believed that he was dead. Those who were closest to him believed that he was dead. These are the people who were there with Jesus. These are the people, you know, um, uh, Matthew and, and Peter and, and John, they were with them. They heard all the stories. They heard all the parables. They were there. Peter and the other disciples, um, they, they would have heard, you know, the stories and they saw Jesus feed 5,000. They believed certain things about him, but all those people, the ones closest to him, when, he, when Jesus died, they believed that he was dead and they believed that he was going to stay dead forever. After he died, what they believed about Jesus, what most of us here in this place believe about Jesus, that he was the son of God, that he's the savior, they stopped believing that. And this is why it's key. Because after, if you ask them, after Jesus died, in the days after that he died, you ask them and you, you read it, you can just read at the end of each of the Gospels, Luke chapter 24, it tells you this, that the, they believed, they said, hey, who did you think Jesus was? And it says they believed that he was a prophet who did miracles. They believed that he was a great, mighty teacher with powerful teaching. And because of his powerful teaching, that's what got him killed. And, and Peter would have said, you know what, we warned him. Don't go to Jerusalem. He's like, I gotta go to Jerusalem. Jesus, don't go to Jerusalem. They're gonna, it's gonna be bad. He's like, I gotta go. And sure enough, he's like, yeah. So he went and he died. We thought he was the Messiah, but we believed that he was the Messiah, but he can't be. You know, we believed that God was gonna win, but he didn't. They didn't believe that Jesus, or they, sorry, they believed that Jesus was not the Messiah. They believed that, you know, the, the Roman gods won that battle. Mars and Jupiter won. Yahweh lost because he died. They believed that their lives were in danger. In John chapter 19, it talks about this group of men huddled, hiding in a place for fear of their lives because they just killed Jesus and we're next. This is what they believed. They were, you know, what they didn't do, they didn't go and realize, oh, Jesus died. Let's go spread his message to the world, which is what every other religion does. Gandhi has all these great thoughts because he's a great man and he shares these things. And when Gandhi dies, they're all like, well, we got to make sure everybody hears this. These messages were good. So they go out and they spread the message of Gandhi. Muhammad, the founder of Islam, he died, you know, probably of old age. And it was his youngest, um, his youngest wife. Uh, and he had many. The, his youngest wife got together with some of the friends and said, we got to make sure that this message keeps going. And so they took the messages and began to put it on paper to make sure that it continued to spread. But not Jesus. See, this isn't like any other religion of something you just believe, uh, believe that because Jesus, his message was all about who he was. He said, I'm the son of God. He says, I'm the savior of the world. He says, I'm the Messiah. And by saying that, they're like, we can't spread the message because it can't be true because he's 
dead. So what they do, they go into hiding. They believe their lives were in, in danger. Jesus' closest followers, the ones who were there with him, believed that he was dead and they all lost faith in the end. They're like, you know what? I might have believed that at, at points. You know, Peter said, you know, yes, Jesus, you're the son of God. He says, I don't believe that anymore. The people who knew him best didn't believe. And why is that, why is that incredible? Because of this. A few weeks later, just a few weeks later, something happened because these same cowards, these same guys who were in hiding, they went into the very same streets of Jerusalem that they had fled from. They went and talked to the very same people that they were terrified of, who was Caiaphas, the high priest, and they spoke to them and they began to preach to those people. And guess what? They didn't preach Jesus' sermons. They didn't say, hey, you know what? Here's, here's the message I want to share. There was, there was a guy who had two sons and one son was good and the other one ran off. He says, I didn't say, you know, here's a story of the, the good Samaritan or once upon a time there was a guy who went out and threw some seeds on the ground. He didn't say any of that. He just had four points. And if you read through, you see it in Acts. They went out and they said, they had a completely different message and this was what it was. The four points. And some of you are like, man, I wish Mark only had four points this morning. But here, listen, is this. You killed him. These cowards came out and said to face to face to these people, you killed him. You killed him. But God raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead and here's why. We've seen him. We don't just believe that something happened. We've seen him. You killed him. God raised him. We've seen him. Now say your story. That was their message. That was their whole thought of saying, you know what? They didn't come to share Jesus' words. Something happened to them. 20 years later, we saw Paul did the same thing. He didn't go to Athens far, far away and share the story of the Good Samaritan. He said, listen, God's done something for us as people. He's proven his love for us and he's proven that this is the Savior, that this is the answer because he raised him from the dead. The closest followers of Jesus, the ones who were there, they didn't just believe something. They saw something. And that is completely different than anything else that's out there. Um, the message was not, when they, that they shared was not, hey, we believe that Jesus said some good things. We saw something. We know that something happened. We believe Jesus was crucified for our sins. We believe that God raised him from the dead because we saw him. We believe that Jesus is the son of God because we saw him. There was this confident trust that changed these guys from one thing to the next. And that's the thing. They didn't even believe because they had Bible verses to back it up. They didn't. They, what they believed is what they saw. And the church, the church wasn't built and wasn't born and didn't survive the first century because they had the Bible. They didn't. They had men who were so convinced of what they saw that thousands and thousands and thousands of people became followers of Jesus before the New Testament ever existed. It was a couple hundred years before somebody could read it on paper, but they realized and they wrote it down and it, it was incredible. It was launched because men were, were not, they, they were willing to die, not for what they believed. Because people will do that. We see that happen around the world. Die for what we believe. They were willing to die for what they saw. And those same men who saw it wrote it down. See, Matthew, Matthew and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew was an eyewitness. And what he wrote could be challenged. It was written only 20 years after Jesus um, left. He could, he could write it down and, and they could see that that, you know, yes, this is true. Mark spent time with Peter and then he wrote it down that Jesus said he's God uh, and, that's, uh, and that he rose from the dead. Luke talked to as many eyewitnesses as possible and put it all together to see, you know, to give an accurate account. And he wrote the same thing. He was God. He was raised from the dead. John 
cared for the mother of Jesus. I witnessed, was there, watched it, penned it, and said, he is definitely God. He is definitely the Son of God. He's definitely the Messiah. James, the brother of Jesus. Think about this for a second. How many of you have a brother that could convince you that he's the Son of God? What would your brother have to do to convince you that he's the Son of God? You're like, he's tried, but there's no way, right? Nothing. Nothing. And yet James, the brother of Jesus, grew up closest to him, terrified, didn't believe that he was the Son of God, writes about it saying, he's definitely the Son of God. He's my brother and my Savior. So my question for you this morning is this. I know it's a little bit long, but I want, to, I want to leave you with this thought. I want you to think about this. I want you to wrestle with this thought. What happened to convince a group of cowards who said, I don't believe that anymore, to turn around and go and take a message of the, the fact that Jesus is the Son of God to the whole world, what happened? I want to tell you that, that I, I believe it all comes back to this. It comes back to where we started this whole series with one question, and that question is this. Who is Jesus? That was close. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Let me leave you with this thought. A single event changed the way the people who were closest to him answered that question. A single event changed the way those, we're asking you, but the closest, the people closest to him, a single event changed the way they answered this question. Because after Jesus died, they didn't believe. They believed that they had hoped he was a savior, but they believed he was dead. They believed that whatever. But then, not a few weeks later, they're preaching that this man was raised from the dead. That now because of that, he's the son of God. He's the savior and everything he said you can trust. Why can you trust that there's a heaven? Because Jesus, who was resurrected from the dead, said so. Why can you trust that God actually hears your prayers? Because a man resurrected Jesus, raised from the dead, said so. Why can you believe that that uh, he calls you his child and you can call him father because a resurrected Jesus rose from the dead, said so. Why can you trust that you're going to have trial in life and it ain't going to be smooth sailing? (laughs) Because a man raised from the dead said so. It's completely different than this idea of, ah, just believe that. And I want to challenge you as adults to think beyond just that thought and, and for yourself to answer that same question. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus who is Jesus? I'm not a Christian because I just believe some writings. It's bigger than that. Not only is it the fact that I've seen that this is completely different, but that he's touched my life in a, in a, in a very real way, that, that you can have the same experience as well. That Jesus, when we talk about in the next couple of weeks that he's alive, it's because he's alive. So I want to encourage you to wrestle with that, wrestle with that thought. Talk about it. Ask questions. If you have questions for me, let's do it. Um, we will, uh, I, I want to work this out that we, people find and realize, wow, I'm so convinced that I can't help but take this message to my world. Can we pray? Father, thanks for today. Thank you that you uh, loved us enough to send your son. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't stay dead, that you rose from the dead, that we have a living God that we serve and who loves us. Thank you for showing that. Thank you for revealing that. This morning, Holy Spirit, I pray that you, as uh, you lead and guide each of us, that you'd bring clarity in this for each person wherever they find themselves, that in their journey with you, that they would only grow uh, stronger with you um, as a result of it. Lord, I know there's so many people around uh, us every day that you absolutely love and need to hear your truth and your hope and your love. Pray that you give us courage and the, the opportunities to share that this week. In your name, for your glory, pray. Thank you. Amen.